So, welcome in to the Blitz podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined today by Mr. Mitchell McDonald and Tyler North, uh, if I'm not mistaken, making their first appearance together since the live show. No? Is that uh, true? Since, since the, the live show, show yes. Yeah. But we did one with Jaden when... Or we might have done a couple with Jaden when you were in here. Yeah, that's you true. missed out on the fun. So. Yeah. Speaking of Jaden, I believe this may be his first podcast ever that's missed. True. Bizarre. No Iron Man streak for Jaden, I guess. I know, man. I'm still rocking strong. Wait, no, that's not true. I was, I was gonna say I've been on every <laughs> episode. I'm tripping. <laughs> not but, even close to true. Yeah. <laughs> that's facts. Anyway, I'm here now, and we got the boys in live action right now. Mitchell, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm recovering from Divisional Weekend like everybody in America still. That was a hell of a ride, and you guys covered it great. Yes, I put a uh, Best Weekend of All Time as the title. I figured that was attention-grabbing, you know? So, Tyler, how you doing, boss? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, it's Thursday, so finally are one day away from the weekend. Cannot wait. Loaded basketball slate, college basketball slate on Saturday to get us amped up and ready to go for the championship games on Sunday. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pretty amped, ready to go. Uh, yeah, let's let's hop into let's hop into some debates, boys. Hell yeah, let's do it. So today. Uh, we were actually, or I was actually planning on making last night's podcast one podcast and not doing a podcast today, but you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I was talking to my roommate and it's almost like off season. Well, it is, it's off season and NFL playoffs at the same time, you know? So we're kind of like getting into the midst of the off off season now. So it's exciting stuff, but we're going to dive into all that, kind of a little bit of an off-season preview, um, head coaching vacancies being filled, uh, just some debate going around the league right now, some news, and then we'll dive into a little bit of a free agency preview there the end, near the end, and then we'll dive into our picks for the championship games, throw some player props your way, so yeah, looking forward to it. All right. <clears throat> Let's get started. So, first item on the slate today is the Bears and the Broncos both found their head coaches today in a surprising move, a little, well, I guess it wasn't surprising. There wasn't really a, well, I was expecting Dan Quinn for Denver, but we'll get into that. But um, <laughs> the Broncos hire the Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, because Aaron Rodgers seems like he's really wanted in Denver. And Denver couldn't have done a better job than going out and getting the guy who basically gave Aaron Rodgers back-to-back MVP awards if he does win the MVP this year. So, and Aaron Rodgers had great comments to say on Nathaniel Hackett in the Pack McAfee. Not the Pat McAfee show. The Pat McAfee show. <laughs> and um, he had some great things. He was glowing about Nathaniel Hackett. And this was before he was hired, obviously. And he said, and I quote, 
um, in response to uh, the Packers coaching staff getting interviews, um, he said, I think this is a little overdue for Nathaniel Hackett. He's a great coach and a fantastic teacher. And he also said, I love spending time with him. He's incredible in front of the room. And he also said what he did in Jacksonville, I think, was pure magic. And it basically was nothing short of pure magic because he was the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville from 2016 to 2018 and, of course, led them to that AFC championship game. Uh, Didn't end up winning it, but the fact that he could get a Blake Bortles Bortles led offense into the playoffs at all, not to mention to the AFC championship, is fantastic. So, are you guys buying into the Rodgers to Denver move uh, more now, considering that he's got his offensive coordinator in town? Tyler, I'll ask you first, man. Um, I don't think that this has as much of an effect on Rodgers' decision as we might think, or Devontae Adams, for that matter. Um, I think that this is somebody that seems like Aaron Rodgers messed well with, which is great, um, but I don't think that – his offensive coordinator going to Denver is going to be the deciding factor on where he ends up. Does it help Denver's chances? Denver's chances? Maybe. But I, I don't think it significantly Maybe. helps their chances that much better. Really? Yeah, I, I think I think Denver's a hot team right now anyways, and I don't know if him going there or uh, Nathaniel Hackett going there increases their chances that much more. I think their chances are, are pretty high. Um, but I always look back at it. If, if I'm sorry, but if Rodgers goes there, he's a fucking idiot. Like you, you're literally playing Mahomes and Herbert for a quarter of your games. Like it makes no sense to go there. Like the the chances that you not necessarily even make the division, the chances that you make the playoffs are so much less compared to either a another division or b staying in the NFC. It just it makes no sense for him to go to. Unfortunately for Denver, they're just caught between a rock and a hard place because they do have a team that is built to win right now. But unfortunately, they're in a division where it's, they, they, they are always going to finish second fiddle to those two teams, in my opinion. Now, you know, if they bring Rodgers in, maybe they think, oh, well, that puts us above, you know, the Chiefs and the Chargers. I don't know if it necessarily does. Um, but If I, they bring I just, Aaron Rodgers in, they're not above the Chargers, who didn't make the playoffs this year? They are losing some key free agents. You're also depending on a guy. You're also going to come in and coach that has no coaching experience, like no head coaching experience. Like that's that's definitely a big factor. It's it's definitely a learning curve. Normally, it takes coaches a couple of years to get their feet wet and and underneath of them. I mean, there's there's some exceptions, you know. I mean, I think Zach Taylor. What is he in his third year now? Mm-hmm. And and now we're starting to see the fruits of the yeah. labor there. So like, I, even though you might have that relationship with Rodgers, what's his relationship with the other, uh, what 50, 60 players on the team? So I just, I I don't know if this significantly increases their chances because, like I said, I just think it's a dumb decision for him to go to to Denver. Fair. Mitchell, you got any differing thoughts from that? I'm not huge on the idea of Rodgers trying to compete against all these young guns, just like Tyler and you guys mentioned in the last episode, because he's going to have to fight pretty much the cream of the crop of quarterbacks if he goes to the AFC in the playoffs. But in terms of Denver, this was an absolute must-have for them. They have to buy in on trying to get Rodgers because – all they're missing is a quarterback, and I don't know if any of the quarterbacks that are going to be available, other than maybe Deshaun Watson, but that's still like a giant asterisk next to his name anymore, won't get you over that hump to be able to get into the playoffs against the Chargers and the Chiefs. 
and maybe even the Raiders, depending on what they do, because Derek Carr had an amazing season. He's just got the willpower to help this team. You have three great quarterbacks you're going to have to go against. I don't know how appealing this actually is for Rodgers to come here. The division to look for, probably the NFC South, because they're slowly just getting weaker and weaker. Sean Payton gone. Brady potentially gone. Carolina, who knows what they're doing anymore at quarterback. And then the Falcons have just been the Falcons since they lost in the Super Bowl. So you think this in my opinion, yes. So you think there. the Saints are a team to look after? I mean, if they can find a way yeah. to unscrew yeah. themselves in the salary <laughs> cap, maybe. I just I but, just feel like I, I, I did like the idea of the Saints, and the more and more I've thought about it, I, I don't like the idea because he's not going to want to go to a situation, in my opinion, that is kind of in shambles. Like, Drew Brees left, Sean Payton left. Like, there's there's shit going on down in the bayou that I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants anything to deal with. Not only that, I mean, I know Michael Thomas is technically there, but is he really there? And then if he doesn't play, who the, who's the wide receivers? And they have they have no cap money. Like they have, they have nothing. They are actually negative seventy-one million. Exactly. So how the hell can they get him? That, and that, no that's I mean, they on. managed to get to even last year, but it takes a miracle to even get them to even. Right. Sean Payton saw it coming. He knew that there was no help coming, so he was like, "All right, see you later. I'm going to retire, even though I still think he's going to end up being a head coach. Maybe not next year, but the year after. I would say in the next two years, he will be back coaching." And we will now that Taysom's contract isn't monopoly money, and there's some guaranteed money. He can't fix the massive cap <laughs> issues. We will uh, get into the Sean Payton talk in a second, but yeah, definitely interesting to see the Broncos uh, taking their best shot at Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I'm not throwing any shade at Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously, he's ran a very good offense in Green Bay. What? I'm not throwing shade at the guy. I'm just saying he's no, a rookie no, no. head coach. I'm not saying that you were throwing shade. All right. All yeah. Right. I was just clearing that air there. Yeah, you were getting defensive real quick. All right. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was like, <laughs> bro, like I didn't I'm not shitting on the guy. I'm just saying he's a rookie head coach. No, that's I mean even McVay, didn't it take McVay like a year or two years to to really get his feet wet? Like when they went to the Super Bowl, what was that? His second, third year? Oh. And how many years does Rogers Maybe how many years does Rogers have left? He might have yeah. four or so. Depends on what team he goes to and what offensive line you give him. You give him the equivalent of what the Bucks had for Tom Brady, yeah, he'll be able to coast for a few years. But that's a rare I got a question for you guys before we move on from this. Yeah. Do you guys, and specifically Kane, do you think Washington has any chance to bring him in? Um, No, because I was talking about this yesterday. Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to go to a shit show of an organization. Like... A rebuilding organization. Is yeah, well, it's it. not even like rebuilding. <laughs> it's not like roster-wise. It's retooling. Well, kinda. it's not even that. Like, it's the respect I mean, that the organization demands across the league. Like, I think there's an argument to be made that the Packers are the most respected team in football. They are one of the oldest teams in football, and that's why he loved it so much. There, you know, like he didn't have to face a ton of criticism playing in Green Bay. You know, everybody loved him. And everybody loved him at Lambeau Field. It was like a family, you know? And I think Denver is the most similar kind. Of, uh, I don't know. I think they're a very well-respected organization. Obviously, you got Elway at the helm. Now you got Nathaniel Hackett. So I think it's a respectable organization, unlike and storied. 
unlike the Washington football team. Like nobody's. I think I think Steelers make the most sense in my opinion. If you want history, just like the Packers, yeah, they fit the best. And Jaden missing this conversation would be jumping with joy right now. I don't know if they can work it out with cap space and everything because they had to struggle to even bring the team back last year. Ben had to take a huge cap hit, but I mean, if there's a will, there's yeah. a way. Give up whatever draft picks you need to, and whatever cap space you have to get See, rid of. I'm, all, I'm with that line of thinking, though. Like the Steelers, respected organization, storied organization. He's going to want to go to a type of organization like that. There's no shot that he goes to a place like Washington. So, yeah. All right. And we also had the Bears find their new head coach today. And it is Matt Eberflus, uh, the Colts defensive coordinator from 2018 to up to this year. And I did a little uh, stat dive real quick into the defensive points allowed rankings um, while Eberflus has been the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis. And in his first year in Indianapolis, they were eighth in defensive points allowed Um, and in a good way. And then in 2019, they fell down to 18th. In 2020, they bumped up a little bit to 11th. And in 2021, this past season, they were 10th. So definitely not something that jumps off the board to you. Um, He did previously work with the Browns and the Cowboys as a linebackers coach. But what are we thinking of this hiring, guys? Mitchell, I'll start with you. (laughs) Really underwhelming to me. I mean, that defense is Darius Leonard and pretty much no true pass rushing. It's weird to me. Like, he managed to make a lot out of an okay. Buckner gets like eight sacks a year at that. He doesn't break double digits. He's not deadly. He's a good run stopper. He is one of the most dominant. Like, he's one of the most dominant. Defensive nose tackles, yeah, but not pass rush you don't think of him for his pass rushing in particular and they never really picked up great pass rushing either they managed to make it work the whole time but uh, he did manage this was a pretty good defense they made stops when they had to except against jacksonville this year but it's just nothing stands out they were top 10 one year in the years you talked about in defensive points allowed it's just such a weird hiring for them and such a Bears hiring at the same yeah. time to pick the most underwhelming candidate. That's the truth. That's the truth. Tyler, what are your thoughts on Eberflus? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Mitch. Mediocre. It's just what I think of when I hear this hire. Um, I do think it's funny how they go from a Ryan and a Matt at GM and coach to another Ryan and Matt at GM and coach. Um, is history going to repeat itself? Who knows? But I just – I don't know. I just feel like you drafted Justin Fields and this is the guy that you're bringing in to mesh with Justin Fields and bring you to the division crown and get you to the super. I just, I can't see it. I feel like they're, they're trying to go too deep into the old roots of Chicago and get the old school defensive minded head coach. And I just, I just don't see it. It doesn't like, like Mitchell said, just very underwhelming. Um, When I thought that they had a chance to really hit a, a, a boom home run higher, you know, I, I like Ryan Poles as a GM. I thought he was the best GM out there, the best opportunity to get a GM out there. And I just felt like they laid an he laid an egg with his first assignment, which was to bring in a coach. Uh, you could have went Dan Quinn. I know he went back to Dallas. 
Um, but you could have went with maybe even Kellen Moore. You could have went with Leftwich, um, Brian Flores, um, D'Amico Ryan's is a sleeper, Raheem Most, or not Raheem Mostert. Maybe even Todd Bowles. Todd, I mean, yeah. there's probably about 15 candidates over Jim Caldwell that, that stood out more. And Jim Caldwell would have been a home run hire, I feel like. <sighs> I don't agree. No? I think Jim Caldwell's past his time. Yeah. Yeah. As a head coach. I will say. Once that, he went to, where, where did he go? He, he was, he's the Lions uh, DC right now, or OC, right? OC, right? Former. He. No, OC is Anthony yeah. That's right. That's he right. he the used to be there. He was Lions head coach. And then That's what he it was, was yeah. um, the former Colts head coach, obviously. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a little past his time. And it's not – you can't be hiring guys past their time nowadays. You know, you need to – if you're going to Not when it's your – Players coach. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Not when it's your it's – your, in my opinion, the, the Bears have been in this rebuild mode for the last, what, two years, three years, ever since Trubisky, really and truly. We, we figured out Trubisky wasn't that all that great. Ever since double doink, I mean, they pretty much have been in the rebuild mode since since that play, yeah. and they had a really good opportunity, like I said, to get that quarterback coach mesh dynamic really, I guess, exploding. I guess you could say, and I just, I, I don't, I see this just being a dud. I see this being, in my opinion, I feel like they're just going to waste Justin Fields' years as far as his first couple of years to really allow him to grow, and and that could. I hate to be like this, but that could be that guy's career because you don't put, a, in my opinion, a competent coach. He needs an offensive-minded coach, and I, I can't see this. In my opinion, I just I don't see this working out well. Will they make the playoffs? Maybe, um, but do I see them competing for a Super Bowl? No, not not with this. Not with what they have. No, it feels like anymore you almost have to go for like that young, up-and-coming, yep. offensive-minded coach, and then just take someone like Vic Fangio, Todd Bowles, someone with a defensive mind as your defensive coordinator. And if you don't do that, you're pretty much just trying to bridge the gap until you think you have a competent offense again. And that's like, that's the only thing that I felt like was the only necessity for the head coach is something that meshed with Justin Fields. That's it. Like that is the shining star of your organization right now. And you have one job. And it's to develop Justin Fields. And you're not doing everything in your power to do that correctly. That's a dysfunctional organization. That's what that is. So, yeah. Disappointing stuff from the Bears. But, you know, crazier things have happened. We will see how it works out. And, of course, there's, like, I mean, everybody coaches. Like, I mean, there are going to be other people talking to Justin Fields besides Matt Eberflus. So. I mean, people called the Doug Peterson hire a, a crap hire. And... Here he is, you know, a Super Bowl champion. So, I mean, I know he's not there anymore, but he did win a Super Bowl in his time there. All right. Good debate on the uh, Bears and the Broncos hires. But let's move on to our next topic of debates. And that was arguably the story of the week. And that was Sean Payton, the storied New Orleans Saints head coach, has stepped down from his head coaching duties. So, he held a 90-minute-long press conference, just basically airing it all out. And um, he said before the press conference, he was like, I actually looked up uh, how to not cry during press conferences. So that's wild. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he had some interesting stuff to say. Uh, some of the quotes that I took from it. Um, quote, I still have a vision for doing things in football. And I'll be honest with you. That might be coaching again at some point. 
And then, in another quote, he said, I don't think it's this year. I think maybe in the future, but that's not where my heart is right now. It's not at all. And a little context on Sean Payton for you. Obviously dominant. One of the best coaches of all time. Uh, 152 and 89 record in 15 seasons with New Orleans, um, including a Super Bowl win over the Colts and Peyton Manning. Um, but it's interesting because he's under contract with the Saints until 2024. So if he did want to coach this season, it would have to involve some kind of trade. So Tyler, what are you thinking, man? Um, I, I don't know about this year. I, I was saying I oh, think yeah. that he might be back. Not this year, but the following year. What I could see happening is the Cowboys give this one more go with McCarthy. If it doesn't pan out, doesn't work out, they 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 bring in Sean Payton. That's exactly what I could see happening. Or if that doesn't happen and they want to move on from McCarthy, I could see them from uh, promoting within as far as Dan Quinn or, or Callum Moore possibly being the head coach. So um, I, I think that that's option number one. Outside of that, I think he'll probably be on TV this year. Uh, I think he'll be great for TV. Um, you know, I don't know what he'll be, whether it's ESPN, Fox, NBC, CB, whatever. Um, but I think that he could be, he could be really good for TV. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the guy ever since Bounty, Bounty Gate. Uh, I can't stand the guy. I think he's a scumbag car salesman. Um, but yeah, that's just how I feel about him. I'm, I'm, look, the fact that the Saints quote unquote dynasty or, or reign is now finished. I'm absolutely ecstatic. I'm so happy for the Saints to be done and just, be crap for the next couple of years hopefully <laughs> damn the uh kevin james representation of sean payton didn't soften your heart <laughs> no. nope um between making, between them and sean payton fat like like <laughs> as a vikings fan just salivating over the idea of no sean payton no drew Brees, and then maybe no aaron Rodgers and no Devonte adams like it is just music to my ears right now it's like finally let's just all start restarting and 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 just rebuilding from the get-go there you go. Uh, Mitchell, what do you think about this whole Sean Payton situation? You got any speculation? <laughs> I think he was just trying to get out of there as fast as possible, seeing the dumpster fire that was ahead of him. But uh, I agree with Tyler pretty much. He's going to get a nice cushy job on TV for a while. And Jerry Jones said in the past that he was the one that got away pretty much. Like He worked with the Cowboys for a while and Everybody could see his potential as a head coach, and he just slipped away from him because he didn't make him head coach. And no matter what you say about him, speculation or anything, even with Bounty Gate, he's still probably all-time a top-ten coach with what he's accomplished on that team. And he would be looking for the golden opportunity, which might end up being the Cowboys, given their offensive weapons. Granted, it's an aging offensive line, aging running back, but running back's easy to replace. And they're... Their offensive lineman could last maybe three, four more years, try to eke out one Super Bowl win for Dallas, maybe. I mean, as long as they can keep Dan Quinn to save that at best boom bust defense, they would it would be imperative to have him and Peyton together. But as of right now, that might be the only team I could actually see him going to in the next few years, but definitely a year off for now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he's just saying what he needs to say to get out of New Orleans right now. Uh, we were talking about it earlier. Nobody's coming to help, man. You are negative $71 million in the cap. So there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to solve your quarterback problem except maybe draft one. But uh, 
good luck with that. Um, I think he was just saying what he needed to say to get out of New Orleans. I think as soon as Dallas makes that call, he's on a plane. No question about it. And I think if they were to make that call today, I think Sean Payton is the Cowboys coach tomorrow. I don't know. That's just how I feel. This doesn't sound like a guy who's like, you know, I'm done. I just don't have the passion anymore. I'm tired. Like, he was all joyful in his post game or in the press conference, you know, because he's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like as soon as he gets that phone call, he's headed to Dallas. And I honestly don't see him going anywhere else. If he doesn't go to Dallas, then I agree with Tyler. He'll be on TV and he'll be good at that, you know? But, yeah, all right, good speculation over the Sean Payton stuff. But we got another dude headed out of a coaching spot, and that is Don Wink Martindale out as the Ravens defensive coordinator. But definitely a speculative move from Baltimore because he didn't have anything on the defensive side this year. So what can you expect out of your defensive coordinator you're working with nothing. You can't really do anything. And this is a guy. <laughs> well, he, he tried to run the same exact defense, just run cover zero and put fifth string corners one-on-one with star receivers. Yeah. I think that was the biggest issue they had with it was he made no adjustments yeah, for it. No, that's true. That's true. But when he has his whole crew healthy, they've been a top three defense in points allowed in every season, excluding this season, since becoming the defensive coordinator in Baltimore. So that's really fucking impressive, if I say so myself. So maybe not this year, because it's a little late in the cycle, but do you think there's some head coaching defensive coord- or Well, obviously defensive coordinator spots, but do you think there's a potential head coach opening for Martindale in the future? Tyler, I'll ask you first, man. I don't know. I I really don't. Um, I think that he's a very good defensive coordinator, but I I personally look at him on the same line as like a Vic Fangio. And I mean, we saw how that worked out in Denver. Like, I don't think Denver fans would say that that was a success. Um, So unfortunately, I think that that might have set a precedent and, and laid down the blueprint for a coach of that caliber. Um, so I, I, I don't see it right now. You know, if he goes somewhere and has top five defense for a couple of years though, absolutely. I mean, somebody will bite the bullet and take a chance on him for sure. But as of right now, no, I think he's going to get another DC job for the next couple of years. Fair. Mitchell, you thinking the same thing? Yeah, I just don't see him panning out. He doesn't really have any offensive experience. And at this point, that's what everybody's buying in on unless you are the Chicago bears, apparently. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. I don't know. He is somewhat of a charismatic guy, you know, after you see what he said about Burrow yeah. <laughs> and like we are going to hand him his Hall of Fame jacket just yet. And he's been saying stuff all season that's kind of like charismatic, you know, and that's what you're looking for. <laughs> he said a Herbert could throw. He was talking about Herbert. He said he could throw a strawberry through a yeah. battleship. <laughs> He's just, like, filled with weird yeah, things. I remember when he said that. But, um, I don't know. That's kind of what you're looking for in your head coach these days. Somebody who's charismatic. Um, Not to mention he's had a top three defense in yeah, points Quinn, I guess. this season, except yeah. this year. So, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a head coach potential opening for Martindale in the future, but time will tell. 
Uh, one last note on Baltimore and the coaching staff. Uh, John Harbaugh and the Ravens are nearing an extension. Um, his contract expires after next season, so no surprise there. Uh, John Harbaugh has done a fantastic job in Baltimore for over a decade now. So, yeah, good stuff. All right. I'm pretty sure the Ravens are going to be bringing in the defensive coordinator from Michigan, who was a previously assistant on the Ravens staff, and I think I was texting you, you guys, that, that guy just loves to go back and forth between Harbaugh's. So yeah, it is. I mean, the Harbaugh family ain't <laughs> a bad family to grab from if you're looking no. for some coaches, you know. So but very yeah. true, very true. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next piece of news that we got, and we won't dwell on this one too long. But it was definitely somewhat surprising. Uh, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator, announced today that he is going to stay in Dallas. He interviewed for multiple teams uh, during this process of while teams are looking for their head coaches, but he informed teams that he's staying in Dallas, and this obviously came after the Bears and Broncos jobs were filled, so we saw that. Um, obviously he wanted one of those jobs and didn't end up with it, so he's going to rock another year with the McCarthy crew. Um, do you guys think this is the right move for Dan Quinn? Do you think his value is at its ceiling right now? Is what Clement, I will ask. Or, Mitchell? Uh, uh, I definitely think it's at a high point. With that defense they have, it's just it doesn't seem like they can sustain the success they actually had this year. And that's my worry with it. If he had taken a job with someone like the Vikings, who already have an offense set in place and a few key pieces on defense, he could try to manage with that be the defensive guru he is and make it work. But I, I only see him going downhill from here. That 11 picks from your starting quarterback, that's got to be very hard to maintain consistently throughout the year. Yeah, no, for sure. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Mitch on that. Um, I initially, when I thought about it, I was like, Oh wow. He, it's not, it's not the worst idea. Cause like DeMarcus Lawrence will be healthy all year. Um, you'll be getting obviously Micah Parsons back. Uh, so you, you have that, that young nucleus with Parsons and Diggs. But I do agree in the sense of it's so hard to be able to duplicate what uh, Diggs did this year with his interceptions. I think Parsons is going to continue to grow and get better and stay one of the best defensive players in, in this league. But Diggs, you know, he's he's such a boomer bust cornerback. And is he going to have a season next year where it's just a total bust uh, compared to this year, which was a, a lot of a boom? I mean, I know that. There's a lot that the yard is right, right. You can you can look at the the bust in that regard, but the boom was there when it, when he was able to get his picks. Um, and then outside of that, like I don't know what their situation is with like uh, contracts between Randy Gregory. I don't know where Vander Esch is. I, I mentioned Demarcus Lawrence. I don't know where he is either. So I know that they um, who's on the other side of Diggs is it Jordan Lewis? I think I think he's coming up as well yeah. with his contract. So um, there are definitely are some question marks there. It, it is a risk. Uh, for him to go back but I think he's already proven enough in this league that he's still going to be able to get a head coaching job after next year or whenever he decides to leave yeah I agree with that he's got a lot of respect among the players uh Micah Parsons came out today and he was so hyped that Dan Quinn's coming back and obviously that looks good to executives across the league you know um his players want him back especially his best players but no you guys are totally right like not it's not just Stefan or not Stefan. It's not just uh, 
Trayvon. Uh, it's not just Trayvon Diggs. You know? <laughs> that whole defense is turnover dependent. And yep. we've seen it with turnover dependent defense. It cannot keep up, especially next year. It will not keep up. So, yeah, definitely a risky move for Dan Quinn, but I agree with you, Tyler. He has enough respect around the league. He's been a head coach. He's got that experience. So, yeah, I think he'll be able to slip into a head coaching job next year. Will he be as competent? Probably not, but only time will tell. Remains to be seen, exactly. So, all right. Let's move on to the next little piece of news. And, Tyler, I'll let you dish for for a second on this one. Uh, the Bears, the Giants, and the Vikings have found their GMs. Uh, the Bears, Tyler, you mentioned it earlier, they hired Ryan Poles, the Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel. Uh, the Giants hi- hired Joe Schoen. Is that how you say it? I- Schoen. I'm not, I'm not 100%, but I think, I think that probably right. is what it is. Sweet. We'll rock with Schoen. Uh, Joe Schoen. The Bills' assistant GM is headed to the New York Giants. So, good luck with that, Joe. And the Vikings get their new man. I'll let you say it for me, Tyler. Oh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. Do I get, a, do I get a, a passing grade on that? Yeah, pretty right, sure. Sweet. sure. Um, uh, no, what, what I've heard is... Vice President of Football Operations. But go ahead and dish, man. What you think? Yeah, I was just going to say, what I've heard is, you know, polls was probably 1A. And Questy was probably one B. Um, I think that these are probably the two. I, I think all three teams between the Vikings, Giants, and Bears all got good GMs. Um, I mean, I am questioning Ryan Pohl's decision with Eberflus immediately, um, but it, at least on paper, from from the initial standpoint, I would say that all teams, like I said, I think all three teams got the guy that they wanted. Um, you know, this is a guy that started. In, in an economics background, uh, really analytical guy, uh, was working on Wall Street, then went to the 49ers in a player development role, then went from there to the Browns, and uh, and now he's going to be the GM of the Vikings. He seems like he's the new guy on the block, uh, which I do like. Uh, and I, you know, other than the Baker Mayfield decision, in my opinion, the Browns have made some really good offseason signings and good moves in the draft as well between Ward, uh, trading up to get Jock, um, you know, going out and signing Conklin like they did. I think that they they really and truly uh, made some really good moves. And injuries were there. It is what it is. But I, as far as what I've seen initially, um, I, I do like what I see. Um, Remains to be seen because first test will be who he brings in as a head coach. And we'll, we'll go from there. But as of right now, yeah, I, I don't mind the hire. I would give it a, you know, B plus, A minus right in that range. Sweet, sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were talking about it before the season. The Browns put together a Super Bowl roster, and you got to give a lot of that credit to Quesi Adolfo Mensa. So yeah, good stuff. Any thoughts on the GM hirings that you want to share, Mitchell? The one with the biggest boom potential, I think, is shown. Honestly, the Giants have a ton of draft capital. They have a lot of solid pieces. They had a lot of injuries this year. You look at the middle linebacker situation with Martinez. Their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, he is slowly getting better after a horrible rookie year. They have Saquon. They have the receivers who were all extremely underwhelming. And again, the fifth and seventh pick in the draft. He has all the room in the world to grow on this team. 
whether he trades them for actual talent now or just nails the draft picks because pretty much anyone available at that position is someone they could probably use. He could look like a genius in a matter of a year or two just with what they have on the table for them now. Yeah, no. Good stuff. I, yeah. I think the front runner there is probably Brian Dable. I mean, you would have to think, right? Because you bring in the, the Bills assistant GM and then just bring in the Bills offensive coordinator. Or sell in and try to get Watson and trade those picks and get Flores because that would be. They do. He does seem to want to go to Flores. They did deny publicly yesterday that they would um, be anywhere near Deshaun Watson. Apparently, they want to build the offense around Danny Dimes, which I was talking about it earlier. That's going to be when we'll get into that when we get into the uh, head coach job still open. But it's going to be hard for the Giants to bring in a head coach after committing to Daniel Jones already. Like, that should be the coach's call. And now you're already locked in to Daniel Jones uh, before right, getting so you fired? You gotta you gotta find a coach that wants Daniel Danny Dimes. That's what it is. Yeah, good that's luck. that's what you're saying. That'll be the reason why Flores doesn't get it. He didn't want Tua that's either. <laughs> there you go. Maybe he knows what he's doing, mm. or maybe he doesn't, and maybe maybe he's the problem or reason that Tua wasn't good. Very true. I think the only coach maybe that Flores can Danny Dimes' mm. career is probably his college coach at Duke. I don't know who that was, but Dave Cut David Cutcliffe. Ooh. Good. There you yeah. go. What a what a spot. He was um he was I want to say he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. Oh yeah. At Tennessee. Yeah, that's where. Hold he on, was. let me look this up. Damn. I know. I know David Cutcliffe. Interview. <laughs> I, I know David Cutcliffe was there. Because um, that's the only man on the planet that I could think of that would be okay with Danny Dimes as a starting quarterback. Joe Judge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We fired ah, Joe Judge mind. to bring Joe Judge back. <laughs> my apologies. My apologies. He was not the coach at Tennessee. He was the coach at Ole Miss. So it wasn't one Manning. It was the other Manning. Other Still, Manning. But he was. He was ah, New York ties. He there was the go. head coach. He was the head coach of Eli when Eli was there. Wow. At Ole Miss. Hit my man up. And then I think he. And then I think he left. Yeah, they went ten and three in two thousand and three, and then he went four and seven, and then he was gone. So literally, Eli was there. He was there for one year after, sucked, and then left. Wow, bizarre. But yeah, that's the only dude on the planet that I think would be okay with Danny Dimes as a starting quarterback. But yeah, we'll see if another fella is a fool enough to be okay with that. But as I've said like three times on this pod already, time will tell. All right. So, we also had some big news today that we pretty much expected. You know, there was some speculation, but the writing was on the wall here. Big Ben Roethlisberger officially calls it a career. He announced his retirement today in a video surrounded by his family, and he was clearing out his locker and stuff. So, yeah, definitely. It's weird that Jaden's not here with us to discuss it, but... You know, he's given his piece on Big Ben all year. But a little recap of the great man's career. Uh, he was the number 11 overall pick in the 2004 draft. And that brings me to a little bit of a debate question here, which should be a little bit of fun. 
Um, is he the best quarterback of that class, unquestioned? Because you got Eli Manning, you got Phillip Rivers, and you got Big Ben. Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you, man. Yeah, I would say yes. Um, I know that he has, what, two Super Bowls and Eli has two Super Bowls, so they're tied with Super Bowls. Uh, but I think Big Ben did it – obviously, he did it longer. Um, but I also think that he did it better than Eli. Like, Big Ben had years where he had some fucking stats, man, like like almost 40 touchdowns, 5,000-yard type, type seasons, um, which Eli never even came close to. So, from that standpoint, who he was in the regular season, what he did in the playoffs, what he did in the Super Bowls, I got to give the nod to him over all three of those guys, but all three are hall of famers. Um, I think that that's one thing that needs to not be forgotten in the midst of big Ben retiring is that all three of those guys are going to the hall of fame and they, and they deserve it. Um, you know, all three had incredible careers. Unfortunately, I, I know Mitch, you'll touch on this in a minute. Unfortunately, you know, rivers never got to that pinnacle uh, of the super bowl, but nonetheless, he had a great career as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think you got to give the nod to big Ben over the other two three of the best quarterbacks of our childhoods, man. It's sad to see Absolutely. all these guys. And especially if Rodgers and Brady, if that was, if this year was their last year, this is a new NFL we're looking at boys. See, that's the other thing that I, I, another reason why I think Brady might not retire is like, he wants to be the last one out of the old group of guys. That's like true. he wants to be like, I was the last one. Standing. He wants to be a decade older than everybody <laughs> yeah. else. Seriously. Forward. Cause if Rodgers leaves, then who's the next oldest? Is it Stafford and Ryan? And yeah, that area. He's already like seven years older than Rogers. Because Alex Smith too. is is out, right? And Joe Flacco, he's yeah. floating around everywhere. It seems like that doesn't. Yeah, count. but Joe Flacco was a first round pick. I mean, that that was a guy that was yeah. that was a part of our childhood. But like, yeah, after Stafford and Ryan, I mean, who is it that's a starting like, quarterback in the NFL? Is it Tannehill? <laughs> like. That's what's Teddy, going Teddy down. Bridgewater. Oh, Teddy. Teddy. I mean, they like, like that. Yeah, like that's crazy to think about. Like eight years is is the next oldest quarterback. Yeah. After luck and RG three would have been older quarterbacks in the league, but man, <laughs> yeah, injuries wouldn't let that happen. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is probably one of the more tenured quarterbacks in the league now, which is crazy to think about. He's thirty. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I can't even. Wow. Yeah, it's got to be like Tana. Russ is even an Russ, older one. Yeah, too. Russ is RG three. Yeah, Andrew Luck that that year that was twenty twelve, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, crazy shit, man. What but, I'm trying to think of who else is out there? For Jimmy G, even Jimmy G's probably up there. He's fifteen, yeah. I think. Twenty fifteen. Really? But he's okay. Down. All right. But um. <laughs> anyway, let me uh read off the career resume for Big Ben real quick. Fifth all-time on the passing list with 64,088 yards. He's has the fifth most regular season wins in NFL history with 165 regular season wins. Um, his career record was 165, 81, and 1. That one time coming this year. And he played in 249 regular season games. But that wait. No, no, he did not start in that tie against the Lions. Oh, that's true. That was Mason Rudolph. So that was a different. They tied more than one, didn't they? This year? A few years Yeah, they, ago, they tied like... a few years back. I can't remember who it was against. Was it the Ray? No. Bengals? I think it might have been the Bengals. Yeah, I think that sounds about Back right. when Dalton was still there, I'd imagine. <laughs> Dal- Dalton's another guy that's been around for a minute. 
Oh, yeah. Jameis Winston. Kind of a start. Yeah, Jameis Winston. What is? What have we come to? Mariota, then, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Steelers, Browns in 2018. Oh. But, yeah, played in 249 regular season games. That is the most by any Steeler all time. He played in 23 postseason games and three Super Bowls. He won two of them. He made six Pro Bowls. And he led the NFL in passing yards twice. So, yeah, if that ain't a Super Bowl or uh, Hall of Fame resume, I don't know what to tell you. Mitchell, you got any uh, arguments for Manning or Rivers over Big Ben? In terms of success and actual like talent, when you combine the both of them, I think Roethlisberger's a clear-cut number one. Rivers, obviously... The years that they had great shots, they unfortunately had major injuries like LT, Gates. He even had a torn ACL against the Pats that one year and are probably our best chance to even do it. He just had the luck of the Chargers of injuries at the wrong time or horrible special teams when you have the number one defense and offense in the NFL. But yeah, if I had to rank them, I'd give Roethlisberger, Rivers, and then Manning. Manning. He kind of had wow. underwhelming stats throughout his career. He led the league in picks three times. He also finished his they career They were almost 500. a clean bill of health. Bro, he's undefeated yeah. against Tom Brady in yeah. Super Bowls. Yeah, Come on. he does have two Super Bowls. <laughs> At the end of the day, I know Eli doesn't have the postseason statistics, but, like, I'm sorry. I hate to be this guy, but does Rivers really have the dominant postseason statistics? I mean, they were good, but they weren't blow out of the water. If – he wasn't dragging teams to the playoffs. He just said he had LT. The he better had, part of it. He had decade. one of the best running backs and After one of the LT best tight ends left, of all time. Pretty much. After LT left, we pretty much. Who did Eli have? Yeah. Merriman left after that. That's what I was about to say. He had to drag a team for about a decade, pretty much, until we went twelve and. Eli four. had a guy that made one catch in Mario Manningham that everybody thought was going to be great, and another guy that shot himself in the foot. Yeah, Plaxico Burris was the first. Those were his two. And he also had an amazing defense at the same exact time. And he had one of the better tight ends in the league at Simon Jeremy Shockey in the first one. You look at the defense, he had probably one of the best pass rushers all time, Strahan, Osei Umanura. That defensive line was stacked. They were always stout on defense because Tom uh, Tom Coughlin was always prioritizing that, and he just had to game manage his way there. Okay. Those are some strong needed thoughts. (laughs) <laughs> in the um he finished when the Packers, 500 when the Packers yeah. and Giants I, I hate to go on this tangent but when the Packers and Giants played in the NFC championship I'm pretty sure the Packers had ball first in overtime and somebody threw a pick six Mr. Brett Favre that was his last pass ever as a Green Bay Packers <laughs> now didn't we just talk about how oh, that was the overtime and the rules need to be changed and defense <laughs> can't win overtime games just saying just saying mm. I mean, one in every. Um, Matt Hasselback yes. in overtime. Uh, we're gonna flip the coin, take it. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna, get, we're gonna get the ball and we're gonna win the game, or we're gonna get the ball and score. Well, somebody <laughs> did score. It just wasn't him. Matt Hasselback. Um, that's a throwback. I do have, I do have this question for you, and I love this question because I want to hear what you guys have got to say. Shoot. You ready? When it's all said and done, who will have a better career, Ben Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers on stats. He's only one Super Bowl behind him, and he's just by far and away the best. Will he ever talent. get to that other Super Bowl, though? Okay. Would you take Big Ben or Drew Brees? I don't know if he needs it. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Okay. 
even if it is one Super Bowl, Ben still always had the defense to help him get there. I mean, you look at his career, he had probably the top defense at least five times. I mean, Big Ben's fit in in yards. If you're He's right me, up there. Breeze and Rodgers are both going to be ahead of me. Who I won the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. Not if Rodgers retires. If you're asking me who I want in the fourth True. quarter of the Super Bowl <laughs> to win the game, it's definitely not Aaron Rodgers. It's Big Ben. I, I would take Big Ben. Hey, NFC Championship, Overall. I'm taking Big Ben. Super Bowl. All right, all right. game on the line. You got one quarterback to go down in the playoffs and win you the game. Eli Manning or Phillip Rivers? Eli Manning. I like Phil. Phil does a lot. <laughs> I knew you guys would disagree. You, have you seen him do his two-minute drill? That man is a menace at the line of scrimmage. Did you see not. Eli Manning beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl? Yeah, on a helmet catch. On the first one, there was a complete miracle for a guy who had dropped every pass the entire week. Did you see the commercial with the the Manning? The Olivia Rodrigo jam or whatever. Yeah, he was like, oh, the helmet catch? And Peyton was like, yeah, I probably would have hit him in the numbers. (laughs) I thought that was one of the (laughs) funniest quotes of all time. (laughs) That's such a Peyton comment, too. You know that. Yeah. That's awesome. That probably wasn't even scripted. He probably also. I really hope that they bring back the Manning cast next year because that was better than watching the regular uh, ESPN feed. I, I, I like. Think? I'm sorry. Yeah, dude. Steve Levy is fucking awful. He needs to be in the booth, man. He's just not good at play by play. I'm the, him and who is it? Greasy, yeah, right. Greasy, and Riddick are okay. They're all right. I think I'm Greasy closer. is. I think. I think. Greasy like is bland as can be. Like he is so monotone and will put you to sleep. Like I between him and, and Steve Levy, I, I don't mind Riddick. I think Riddick's pretty solid, but like man, I hate to be that guy and it won't happen, but throw my boy John Gruden back in the booth, man. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, when I hear Seriously. that Monday night football sound. It's too wide banana, come on. Yeah. Dude, John John Gruden was great in the booth. And I know he won't come back because of all the bullshit, but Oh man, it, it would be so funny to have him back in that booth. <laughs> I know. I, I maybe it'll be watched, Sean Payton. I watched the Levy Greasy Riddick uh, cast instead of the Manning cast, and the only reason is because, dude, the Manning the I Manning brothers were just kind of well. just watching the game, <laughs> and I want to know yeah. exactly yeah. what. And, and that on. should tell you how bad Steve Levy is. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair argument. But yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a huge like I watched the Manning cast the last game of the year, but besides that, I didn't really watch it a whole ton. I like to know exactly what's going on. So, all right, yeah, fair enough. All right, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> all right, let's move on from that debate about Big Ben and congratulations on the retirement, my brother. Uh, next piece of news that we got, and it'll be real quick. Uh, the Chiefs have waived Mr. Josh Gordon. Uh, Really quick, guys. Name some of the best one-and-done seasons of all time. Can you think of any more notorious than Josh Gordon? Yeah, Peyton Hillis. Mm, Very true. Another Browns running back in uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah, Trent Richardson. (laughs) That's a huge one. Trent Richardson is definitely up there. Braylon Edwards. Pretty, we could pretty much just list off Browns that randomly went off, and it could fill the yeah, list. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some there's some anomalies out there. I know there's guys that have had just like one and done games too, but there's some there's some guys out there. I mean, like 
me personally, Case Keenum, when the Vikings went to the NFC Championship, like that's such an anomaly. I mean, what about Nick Foles? <laughs> yeah. The 27-2 and two season? Yeah, that was out there. Or let alone the Super Bowl. He I guess it's Super like Bowl one and a him. half for him. You count that. Yeah. he couldn't, Trent Dilfer is up did there. Did he come back? Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. Yeah, he didn't put up amazing stats, but the Super Bowl alone. Right. Right. That's what I mean. But anything close uh, to the magnitude of Josh Gordon, though? I mean, Peyton Hillis, I agree with, and Trent Richardson had a hell of a year, but... Edwards was pretty close. Braylon Edwards, he probably put up close to 1,600 in, like, 07. There's definitely some other guys, yeah. I feel like, that we're not hitting on. Yeah, Steve Slayton. Steve Slayton's a good one, too. I mean, hate to be that guy, but RG3. <laughs> yeah, I do hate you for being that guy. <laughs> I mean, but for real, think about yeah. it. I, I hate to be like that, but like he did. It wasn't saying and then nothing. Yeah, uh, I just saw another one. Gary Barnage. Remember that guy, the tight end for the Browns? Browns, Browns, Browns. He, Browns, had, Browns, he had, Browns, like a top Browns. three tight end season and then fizzled into nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think that just about covers all the best one and done seasons that we could think of off the top of the dome. But yeah. Uh, David Tyree. Yeah. But that was a play. <laughs> right. Okay, uh, Liddell Betts for the for their Washington. Right. He had one year where he was really freaking good too. There's some other ones I can't think of. Alfred Jonas Morris. Gray. I know Jonas Gray, Ben Jarvis Green, Alice. Yeah, Morris is Alfred Morris, Doug Martin. You could list off probably a few. No, Doug Martin was. Doug Martin had. Yeah, a few same years. with Alfred Morris. I feel like Alfred Morris had good two to three years. I don't know. Alfred Morris had that one really good year, and that was it. Well, that's because they were running pure read option. It kind of opened up yeah, for him. Yeah, because after that, okay. he went to San Francisco, Dallas. Dallas, too. Yeah, he bounced around after that, mm-hmm. for sure. But, yeah, that was definitely one done season. All right. Well, good little talk there. Kind of a, just fun to throw that out there. All right. <laughs> let's move on to the coaching carousel. And we got a lot of job openings still open right now. We got the Saints, the Raiders, the Giants, the Vikings, the Texans, the Dolphins, and the Jags all still looking for their head coaches. And really quickly, I'm going to rapid fire all of the dudes that these teams have interviewed so far. All right. For the Saints, Byron Lefwich, Aaron Glenn, Lions defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, Saints defensive coordinator. The Raiders, Rick Basaccia, Gerard Mayo, Patriots linebackers coach, Todd Bowles, Josh McDaniels. Love to see him back in the mix. Uh, And then the Giants, Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, Lou Anarumo, uh, Bengals DC. And then the Vikings, Kellen Moore, Jonathan Gannon, Eagles DC, uh, Kevin O'Connell, Rams OC, D'Amico Ryans, 49ers DC, uh, Todd Bowles, and Raheem Morris, Rams DC. Uh, the Texans, Brian Flores, Heinz Ward, who's currently a special assistant at Florida Atlantic University. So they're really looking to make a splash with that hire. Uh, Joe Lombardi, Chargers OC. Josh McCown, who has not one ounce of coaching experience. <laughs> he is a former NFL quarterback that played for pretty sure all 32 teams in the NFL. But yeah, not an ouch of coaching yeah, experience. They are, they are reaching for names. I know, that's what I'm saying. They're looking for a splash. 
Uh, but then Jonathan Gannon also. <laughs> Uh, and then the Dolphins, they have interviewed Vance Joseph, Cardinals DC, Brian Dable, Mike McDaniel, 49ers OC, Kellen Moore, Leslie Frazier, and Thomas Brown, the Rams running backs coach. And then for the Jags, Bill O'Brien, former head coach, uh, right now the offensive coordinator at Alabama, uh, Daryl Bevel, their interim head coach, Byron Lefwich, Todd Bowles, Kellen Moore, Jim Caldwell, who we were talking about earlier, Doug Peterson former Eagles head coach, uh, and Vic Fangio, who just got fired. So anything that popped out to you guys, any best fits? Uh, and if not, who do you find the most attractive job to be? Mitchell, I'll start with you, man. I would love to see the Leftwich reunion with the Jags, but it sounds like if they don't remove their GM, he's not going because he sounded like he was set in stone until today when he interviewed with the Saints. I, I would say the Saints were a great landing spot because they've been a perennial great team for the past decade, except the cap issues now. But if I had to pick a best two spots, I would either say Giants if you have job security for the next few years, or the Vikings, because the Vikings are probably the most put-together team without massive cap issues right now. Fair. Uh, Tyler, anything that pops off the page to you? Any best fits? Uh, most attractive destination? I mean, you hit on Josh McDaniels. I love Josh McDaniels. I think that he could be a very good hiring. I would have loved to have seen the Bears go after Josh McDaniels. I thought that would have been a match made in that heaven. That would have been a grand put slam him, hire. Put him, with, uh, put him with Justin Fields, mold him into the quarterback that you want him to be. I thought that would have been great. Um, I like the Kevin O'Connell idea uh, from going from the Rams to the Vikings. I would love to see that. Um, the Texans, you're right. I mean, going for like, Heinz Ward and, and Josh McCown. I mean, those are those are out of left field type picks, but you know, maybe it could work I out. Who knows? Um, Lombardi would be sneaky good for them because he's been an amazing coordinator wherever. Yeah, he went. I like I like Joe Lombardi a lot too. Um, I do like the idea of, of putting Leftwich back in in Jacksonville, but I know that they also brought in Vic Fangio, so who knows what happens there? Um, I love. I, I just think the Dolphins have a lot to work with, and and I just think that. You're not going to like hearing this, Kane, but I'm going to keep saying it. I just think they need a quarterback. I, I really do. If they can get a quarterback, I think that that's a very good um, very good team and situation to go into. Unfortunately, Ross is only going to hire a coach that wants to have two at quarterback because that's the yeah, only reason why they got rid of Flores. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, for me personally, one name that pops out in a bad way, Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien would be a nightmare hire. Yeah. Why would you put yourself through that again? We already saw the sample size of what happened with. He's not a horrible no. coach. He's a horrible. Yeah, yeah I agree. And also, a horrible person. Also, <laughs> why in the hell are the Jags even thinking about going the college route again? When you just did what you did with Urban Meyer, I would say as far as from college football, as far away as college football as possible. Um, and not, that's not to say that there aren't good head coaching hires in college football that you could bring in. I just think what you just did, you, you can't do that again to your fan base. I think the Saints is – I hate to be like this. I think the Saints is the dead man walking. I think whoever goes there is going to be fired in the next couple of years and it not being anything that they've necessarily done. It's just because of the situation that the Saints are in. Yeah, that's why Sean Payton hit the door. But – and the Raiders have got a lot of issues. I mean, credit to Rich Passaccia for doing what he was able to do with them this year. But in that division, 
it's just going to be an uphill battle every single year. Yeah, for sure. Especially if Rodgers is potentially going to Denver, you're looking at lucky to get one or two wins in the division every yeah. year if that happens. Yep. Yeah, lucky. No, that's true. But some of the home run hires that I see here, I think Todd Bowles de- deserves to be a, a head coach in this league again. Um, I know it didn't work out very well. I mean, he led the Jets to what an eleven win season. I'm not, I'm not sold on Todd Bowles, but we'll that see. Bucks I think he's once again has been. I think him and Jim Caldwell are like the same, the same type of coach. Where I just feel like they're both past their time. Whereas, Todd like Bowles a younger defensive coordinator, like Bowles might have a little. No, has. no, but I think that Todd Bowles is a very good coordinator. I don't think Todd Bowles is a great coach. The one guy that I would love to see. Um, get a head coaching opportunity and that, you know, the Vikings could be that team that goes out and gets him is D'Amico Ryan. Ryan's, I think that he is a younger guy that just encapsulates a room every time he walks in. And I think he's got that moxie and swagger of a head coach. I don't want to put him on the same pedestal as like a Mike Tomlin yet, but I, I see the similarities between those two guys. For sure. For sure. Where is uh, the enemy gone? Because no. he was he's ter- the he's guy with interviews. I know that just got to be well that's why well that's why <laughs> they're not even interviewing him i know that's what i'm saying is because he was he was that bad with it i mean also granted i mean i know that D'Amico ryan's is getting looked at but like the enemy's probably like i'm not listening to anything until the season's over i i could see him being like that which yeah, is why we're seeing this such slow moving process i heard adam schefter say like this is the slowest moving process of coaches being hired that we've seen in recent years yeah like normally there'd be one, maybe two positions left. And there's only been one or two positions that have hired a coach, and that happened today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's slow moving. Um, last thing that I'll say, Byron Leftwich would be a home run hire for anybody who ends up with him. He is, he's got the respect of Tom Brady, and that's all I need to hear. I mean, he managed to put together an offense that Tom Brady really liked. And also, he's a player's coach, man. His players love him. Uh, Shady McCoy came out today and said that he's all about players getting their contract incentives. Like, he literally said in a team meeting back when Shady was with them, uh, yo, come up to me and let me know what your contract incentives are because I'm all about that. I want you guys getting your bread. And that's so cool, man. Like, that would be a home run hire. I think if he does end up in Jacksonville, that would be awesome. because And we haven't mentioned... Jacksonville as being an attractive destination, they are attractive. It was last year when they had the number one pick. They got the number one pick again. Lawrence kind of yeah. They got the number one pick again. Pink, and you don't have to worry about spending that on a quarterback. So, and you they got, do have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You got Travis Etienne there, like James coming back, Robinson. yeah, yeah. So and not too shabby of a defense. I mean, it's definitely underrated, but. I would definitely say you got to sure up the receiving core, though. I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Marvin yes. Jones and I know DJ Chark was out, but Marvin Jones and DJ Chark, along with Lavisca, not gonna. Lavisca, I don't, I don't think a horrible gonna, utility. I mean, Treadwell is getting looks this year. All right, so what we've got up next year is it's a little bit of a free agency preview, kind of giving you a hint of what's to come very soon uh, once these. AFC, NFC championships are over, and the Super Bowl's over. We're moving on into free agency, so might as well give you guys a little bit of a preview along the way. So, 
Uh, according to PFF, these are the top free agents available, and I threw some of my own in here, but I'll list them off real quick for you. So, Von Miller will be a free agent this year. Allen Robinson, Chandler Jones, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, probably the best free agent option on this list, uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, Stephon Gilliamore, uh, Jadavion Clowney, J.C. Jackson's contract's up this year. Um, yeah, he a Terp, facts. Mike Williams, we've talked about that before with Mitch. He's up this year. Carlton Davis is also up this year, one of the best corners in the league. Uh, Jesse Bates really came onto the scene this year and last year. His contract's up. Um, anybody that stands out to you guys? Any ideal destinations that you have off the top of your head? I don't expect you guys to have any, but any initial thoughts from that list, Tyler? Uh, I love Jesse Bates. I could see Jesse Bates doing something. Um, I, I've always been a fan of Jesse Bates. Um, outside of him, uh, it's probably Devontae Adams. I mean, Godwin's coming off the surgery. Mike Williams is a one-route type of guy, I feel, unfortunately, Mitch. Um, oh, KC <laughs> Jackson, I feel like, is a guy that just really flourished in that New England defense. Um Chandler Jones is incredible. Allen Robinson is a guy that changes scenery. Maybe, maybe we'll see something out of him if he can actually get a good quarterback. I, I don't know. Not necessarily like the one guy that I'm like, holy shit, that guy needs to go to this team right now. So I'm going to wait till after the season and then really do a deep dive in the uh, in the free agency field. Were you just shitting on J.C. Jackson? Um, Not necessarily shitting on him. I don't think he'll be as good as what he was with the Patriots. I mean, the guy had, what, eight picks, nine picks? I know, but he was not turnover dependent. He was locking people up. He wasn't, but did he benefit from Matthew Judon? Maybe. That's fair. That's fair. All right, Mitchell, anybody that stands out to you? Any destinations off the top of your head that you really like for any of these guys? I feel like A-Rob, unfortunately, might need a reunion with the Jaguars because we just said they're very low on talent at wide receiver. Personally, uh, for one of the teams that has more cap space than the Chargers, I like Devontae Adams. I don't think we'll go for him, Uh, obviously. I feel like whatever you see us do in free agency will tell us what we're going to do in the draft because obviously if we go D-line or we actually pick up one of these edge rushers, like a Jadavian Clowney, Chandler Jones, Vaughn Miller, anyone like that, and then that's off the table. But there's a few people that are out there that are huge. Tyron, I think, has a few really good years left and then a lot of really bad years afterwards. You might see him get like a two-year deal. There's a lot of teams out there that are going to overpay for people like J.C. Jackson. I'm with Tyler on this. I don't think he's going to thrive outside of that Patriots system they have on defense. Damn, the Terps hate. I am not standing for it, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stephon Gilmore's past his time, I feel like. Definitely underwhelmed in his move to Carolina. But, yeah, I agree with you guys. I think Mike Williams would be a big signing for somebody. Um, Tyler totally proved me wrong. I made a point earlier in the year that – or it might have been Mitchell. I th- it was probably both of you. But I said that he was a physical guy and he wasn't just that – one route, deep route kind of guy, and that's not the case. He is a one route. He's good route. at end zone yeah, jump balls. <laughs> you say he was going to be a top ten wide receiver at the end of the year? I did. What did he end up? 
he was he broke a thousand, had a decent amount of touchdowns. Fantasy wise, he's probably top fifteen. But to overall, he's not a top ten yeah, receiver. No, <laughs> probably not top fifteen in terms of talent. He's one of the more physically gifted guys, but he can't run middle of the field routes. Wow. He doesn't have that agility for side to side speed. He is pure downhill. Mm-hmm. But somebody will give him a pick bay day for sure. But I want to ask you boys. So last year we saw the Patriots really shock everybody with their free agency moves. I mean, it wasn't the free agency moves that were shocking, like individually. It was the quantity that they came in. I mean, they went ham in free agency. They picked everybody up, it seemed like, on the first day. Seemed like a Madden franchise kind of thing that they had got they had going there, but which team will be this year's Patriots of free agency? So, the teams with the most cap space right now, top five, you got the Bears sitting at 162 mil, you got the Dolphins sitting at 66 mil, you got the Chargers sitting at 62 mil, you got the Jags sitting at 61 mil. And the Bengals six is sitting at fifty-eight mil. So those are the top five teams with the most cap space in the NFL. And some of the Mike other Williams was the number nine wide receiver. Number nine. Oh, so he was top ten. Uh, he hit it <laughs> on the nail. Yeah, I know. I know my shit. Come on. <laughs> he got it. Tyler Lockett was number eleven, and Mike Williams beat him by two point two points. Wow! Look at that. I'm a football guy, but look at that. Uh, other notable teams with some decent amount of cap space that are still in the top 10. You got the Broncos, despite locking up all their receivers, they still got 45 mil left in cap space. I could think of two players that would fit that pretty nicely. Um, also, the Colts, uh, 43 mil left in cap space, sitting at number eight on the teams with the most cap. And then right below them, you got the Seahawks with a decent amount of cap at 43 mil, which is interesting because they could make a splash in free agency and go for another. I mean, you almost don't have a choice, you know, Shiner and Carroll, especially Schneider, he's fighting for his job this year. So you almost have to make a splash in free agency with all that cap that you got. But you move over to the other side of the spectrum and you've got the teams over the cap. So the Saints, we've mentioned a lot sitting at 71 mil over the cap. Uh, You got the Packers coming in right behind them, uh, sitting at 46 mil over the cap. And then you got the Cowboys coming in third, 21 mil. And then you got the Vikings coming in at four, 12 mil over the cap. So, Tyler, I'll start with you, man. Who do you think will be this year's New England Patriots in free agency? I mean, shit, you know, the Bears have got a ton of money right now to go out and spend. Um, I can't see them Guess trying to re-sign Allen Robinson. Out of what, the 50, was it 53, I think? Out of 53-man mm-hmm. roster? I would say, like, 32. It's bad. How many? Not even close. They have two guys on roster? <laughs> no way. <laughs> Who is it? I don't know, but according to Spot Track. Justin Fields. Well, Justin one. Fields and David. <laughs> Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert. Those, that's three. I, I don't know if Herbert was more than a one. I mean, he's a rookie. I know he's a rookie, he but he was un. Well, he was undrafted, wasn't he? But 
I don't think. I'm pretty sure Herbert was undrafted. I'm only reading. Is Darnell Mooney a free agent? He's got to be. He was. I'm pretty sure I saw him as one. Wow. That's wild. Bizarre. But um, nope, he was a six-round six pick. Oh, that's three. Please. So he's under contract, but for next yeah. to nothing. Yes, <laughs> agreed. But anyway, no, but that's why. The point is, they have I, a shit ton of money. <laughs> they're I, and and if they're bringing in Eberflus, I have to imagine they're going to go after defense. Um, they might bring in a wide receiver, but I don't know if they're going to bring in a Devonte Adams, Chris Godwin, Mike Williams wide receiver. I could see them Mike going. Williams. You know, maybe. I mean, but. Mm. I don't, I don't know if I want Mike Williams as my number one. No offense, but I I just – I don't want him. Yeah, I think either. that he's just a one-route <laughs> guy, and he's just a throw it up. Let's see what he can do. He's great come the end of the game if you have a guy with a strong arm. That's he's not as strong of a DK Metcalf. They need somebody on that receiving core. They need a number one. For sure. So they're going to go after somebody. Who do you think it's going to be? I don't know. I, I wouldn't go after – Oh, they don't even have a first-round pick. No, I, I don't know if I'd go after Godwin because of the ACL. But that might be what – that might be the – I get the discount. That might be the – Adams never touched Chicago, even if he'd get his money there. <laughs> um, I, Like I said, I think that they're going to go heavy on the defense. Like, I could see them bringing in, like – like They got another a, defensive a I could see them bringing in, like, Chandler Jones and maybe, like, J.C. Jackson. Fair I could see I could see them doing something like that. Carlton too. Oh, Carlton, Carlton and JC on the same defense. That'd be pretty nasty. They were they did lose all their good corners this year, yeah. so they got to be looking to mm-hmm. cover there. And I guess Eddie Jackson's probably a free agent too. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's why I was thinking about. One team I see trying to make a splash, not for quantity but quality, is probably the Colts. You give them one of these receivers and then one of the DBs, and you're looking at pretty much a surefire playoff team even with Carson Wentz or or you let Carson Wentz go and you say fuck it Aaron Rodgers there you go <laughs> that would eat up all of their cat space in the process but hey it'll be worth it to have Aaron Rodgers because he makes up for everything that would be wrong with the, How about the Bengals they're sitting yeah the I think the Bengals... right now well I mean they've they, got a win now team. they have to re-sign Bates what do you say Bates will eat up about 15 million on I feel own. like they need to go after linemen Offensive linemen. I, <laughs> I think that they yeah. need some offensive line help, and that's where I would be spending a good amount of my money. Who are the Chargers going to go after? I I like going after Akeem Hicks because Staley worked with him in Chicago, and we definitely need a nose tackle because we're definitely letting Linval walk for the eleven million. I feel like we have so many holes. We could go for just about anyone in one of the holes, and we have cap space to work with. But we're such cheap asses. We will never. Spend all sixty-two million. We'll have twenty million left over. All right, more than likely. What's up, boys? My bad. What's up, man? All right, you missed. You missed everything. I know. (laughs) But yeah. No, I'm kidding. I don't know if you guys talked about the Bengals, but yeah, I mean they're sitting in win now position. They could definitely make a big splash in free agency. So keep an eye out. All right, boys. Well, it's time to make. Our AFC, NFC championship picks here, man. So, we'll go over the spreads, the money lines, and we'll throw out some player props for you because that's getting super popular right now. Uh, Personally, I've been getting dicked on prize picks, but 
you know, hopefully <laughs> other people have some luck. I'll make my best recommendations because uh, two-thirds of my parlays usually hit. So, yeah. All right. Let's dive into Bengals at Real the quick, Chiefs. I'd like to – Yeah, go ahead. I'd just, like to, I'd just like to brag and say that I did pick three out of the four championship teams correct. I had Bengals, Chiefs, Rams, Packers. So I'm going to take the uh, the crown on that one for sure. There you go. I don't even want to – the only team that I had was the Bengals. You did, and I agreed with you. I was like, I, I, I like the Bengals too. And I literally have caught every single game except for that Packers game. I said I'm taking the Rams because the 49ers are going to beat the Cowboys and the Rams will play the Bucks. And then I said I'm taking the Bengals because they'll play the Titans and the Chiefs will play the Bills. Yeah, man. Look at us being all smart and shit. But yeah, man. If you listen to the pod, I mean, we're you know we're giving you everything you need. I know exactly. If somebody were to listen to every podcast episode, they'd be a millionaire, bro. They'd be like, "Wow, this podcast called Joe Burrow as a top five quarterback before the whole media decided to start throwing it into a conversation." Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what this pod does, man. Amen. Welcome to the Blitz. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into Bengals at Chiefs in Arrowhead. It'll be good shit. So, it's in the 3 o'clock window on Sunday. Kind of sad that we don't have a Saturday-Sunday action anymore. But the spread in this one, Kansas City minus 7. Uh, the money lines, Cincinnati plus 280. Kansas City minus 350. What do we got, boys? Mitchell, I'll start with you. Well, seeing as though Fenton's coming back for the first time this postseason as one of the cornerbacks for the Chiefs, and Tyron Matthew finally cleared from concussion protocol, I'm going to take the Chiefs on both. They are playing in Arrowhead this time as opposed to in Week 17 when they played the Bengals, and they have looked amazing so far this postseason. They just have a full head of steam. I get that the Bengals have been finding their ways to win, but I got to imagine Burroughs slows up with that offensive line. They're just getting beat up week after week, and I think it's going to take its toll. Fair. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, um, I am taking the Chiefs in this game on the spread and the money line. Um, if you remember that game earlier in the year I when the Bengals and Chiefs played, I think it was like 28 to – 10 or 28 to 7 in the first half of that game the Chiefs were doing everything that they wanted to and then the pressure of Trey Henderson started to ramp up and they were able to get some more pressure um, on Mahomes so I think that Trey Henderson is going to be an extremely vital piece in this game because if he's not able to get pressure this game could get out of hand pretty quickly Um, I I personally have the Chiefs winning 35 to 17 Um, I think that this could get ugly um unfortunately for the Bengals I just don't think that this offensive line is going to hold up and with this being an arrowhead it would have been different in my opinion had the had the Chiefs already beaten the Bengals but the fact that the Bengals beat the Chiefs they're just out for revenge and they're clicking on all cylinders the only thing I will say is when you have a big game like you just had I remember it with the Vikings when the Vikings won the Minneapolis Miracle the following week they went to Philly and laid an absolute egg now the difference is the Chiefs are home and it's the Chiefs um, but I, I, so I don't see that hangover effect with the chiefs, whereas, you know, you saw it with the Vikings. So, yeah, I think that this game is, it's, 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 it's just an, a step up in competition compared to what the Bengals have been playing. Good stuff. Uh, I will go, I think it's gonna be a close game, honestly. 
the Chiefs don't have the pass rush that the Titans had, so Joe Burrow's not going to be under pressure like that, and he will have pretty much a clean pocket. I mean, Chris Jones is going to create some problems, but, you know, I have faith. I think this will be a close game. Uh, I think it'll be more of a Joe Mixon type game this time around. I don't really believe it. They'll have a game plan for Jamar Chase this time around. They aren't going to get torched for 200 yards. I see a big day for T. Higgins ahead. But no team on the planet would be able to stop Patrick Mahomes right now. I mean, that dude is playing out of his mind. So I'm going to take Bengals on the spread, plus seven. But I'm going to go Chiefs with the dub. Yeah. Did you guys – I don't know if you guys saw a couple years ago – uh, when Josh Allen donated a bunch of money to that hospital in Buffalo, I think it was a children's hospital there. And they were like huge Josh Allen fans before that. And he was able to give a bunch of money. Well, the chiefs fans donated $178,000 in $13 increments to that same hospital because of the 13 seconds that it took Mahomes to go down to the, the field and, and kick the field goal. But I thought that was an extremely nice gesture from the Chiefs fans to donate all that money to that same hospital. Um, it's Josh Allen's cho- hospital of his choice or his charity of choice. And and they were able to do that. So just, uh, you know, just a, a feel good story uh, from that game, from the Bills perspective and the Chiefs perspective. Yeah. One of the best traditions in football, honestly, like people giving to I think the- charities. I mean, we've seen it for years, like given to field goal kickers and, We've seen it for years, especially. Recently. Well, the ban- the um, the Bills fans did it to Andy Dalton's charity of his choice when they hit Tyler Boyd to beat the Ravens to put the Bills oh, into yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> so now it's being returned to the Bills. So I think that that's just really cool. Um, that, that's something that sports brings that nothing else in this entire world can bring is is things like that. Amen. Brings everybody together. Any player props we like for this game, boys? Uh, I can go ahead with mine first real quick. I'll just list them off. Uh, I like the T. Higgins over. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, the line right now is 67 and a half. He had up towards 90 last time. So, yeah, I like T. Higgins. I think they're going to have a game. Wow, I Demonte. saw it at 70. Really I saw it at 70. So, yeah, it seems to be trending in that direction. At, uh, 67 and a half right now. Or I like that as well, though. That was one of the things. But, and the reason that I like that is because he's – what's who's he going to be matched up on? Um, Mike Hughes, who just had his legs broken by Gabriel Davis? Yeah, that's a true <laughs> Exposed. Well, eh, they might put Fenton on him. They'll probably put Fenton on. You got Sneed and Ward. So then you, so then you put Ward on Jamar Chase. I don't know. I, well, you probably drop someone in to help. Yeah, him. I think <laughs> you Fenton can't put him on island after he got burned Chase. last game. Because you would yeah, rather I like have T. Higgins beat you than Jamar Chase going two hundred. The only thing that scares me with the T. Higgins prop is it is a total crap shoot week in and week out with the Bengals. He's boomer boss. Well just yeah. between well T. Higgins Higgins, Boyd and Chase and Uzoma. I mean they've got four guys that Burrow can pepper with targets and that's the only thing that scares me with that prop. But I, I like it. That that was gonna be one that I liked on the Bengals side. Good stuff. Uh but you mentioned Uzoma. the one thing I took I've got the over on Uzoma, thirty two and a half yards. I got the over on that. Uh, he's been getting towards 60, 70 these past few games, and he's really been a reliable target for him in the playoffs. So I don't think that'll change. Um, so, yeah, I got the Uzoma over. Uh, I got the Tyler Boyd under four catches. Uh, Tyler Boyd's really been just laying duds. Joe Burrow doesn't look his way at all, it seems like. Um, I'm taking the over on whatever you can find on Tyler Boyd. And then I got the Tyreek Hill under. 
but I've got it at under nine and a half targets. Um, I think he'll have a really nice day, but I think it'll be made up of big plays. So getting up to 10 targets seems like a lot for me. So, yeah, I'll take the Tyree kill under on targets. Tyler, any props you like? Yeah, man, I got one that I absolutely love. Uh, one that I took last week, loved it last week, love it again this week. Over 28 and a half rushing yards for Patrick Mahomes. He has averaged 36 rushing yards or more in his in eight straight in, in his last eight playoff games. He has an average of 36 yards rushing, and it tends to shift toward quarterback rushing totals going over in the playoffs because there's so many times that the pocket collapses and he runs. And we saw it last week. He hit the over on one play. Um, so I absolutely love that. And then the other one that I was going to take outside of the T Higgins. Joe Mixon over three and a half catches. I absolutely love. I think it's at like minus 140, minus 150. So there is some juice involved there, but I think that that's absolutely going to hit. One other one that I was thinking about, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire over 11 and a half for his longest run. I feel like he always busts one for 15 to 20 yards every game. Um, so that was one other one that I was looking at. But I'd say the the Mahomes rushing yards and, and the T Higgins over um, and Joe Mixon catches would be my top three. Good shit. Mitchell? Any you got in mind? Yeah, I've got two in mind. My first one, I have Joe Mixon going under 51 and a half rushing yards. I feel like if they're going to win this game, it's not going to be on the ground. And if they're getting blown out, no reason to go on the ground. So I feel like I do like Tyler's idea of the catches for Joe Mixon, though, because it seems like that's going to be more in their game script. And I, I think Chris Jones getting a sack. I don't think they're going to be able to stop them all game. They do have... Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram, so you can't totally divert the offensive line to Frank uh, to uh, Chris Jones on his own. I think he's going to manage to get back there and get at least one, yeah, one, or even a half. I got Bush. one more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I don't care if it's minus one fifty, minus one sixty. Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. I, I think that that's a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, Travis Kelsey okay. should absolutely be scoring in this game because, especially because, in my opinion, the Bengals have a weak linebacking core, um, especially in pass coverage. So I think Travis Kelsey could have a really big game, including a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, he's had a touchdown in, what, seven consecutive games? Like, Yeah, I know he's had back-to-back, yeah. but yeah. It's basically locked. Yeah, point. that was one of the things we were talking about when you briefly lost audio with us was that the Bengals, one thing they actually need to improve on is the linebacking core, if anything, on that team. That and offensive line. Yeah, for sure. And they'll have a hell of a tough time with Travis Kelsey on Sunday. But we will wait and see on that. All right. Uh, let's move on to 49ers Rams, shall we? So, 49ers at the Rams SoFi Stadium. Uh, this is at 630. And this is their third meeting this year. Uh, the 49ers have won both meetings this year. And they have won the last six Shanahan owns Sean McVay so far. Uh, the spread in this one, Rams minus three and a half. Money lines, 49ers plus 160. Rams minus 190. Mitchell, I'll start with you, man. What you got? I really think that this is going to be a tight game. Just because the the 49ers swept so far this year, it is hard to beat a team three times in the same year, especially a good team. I think the Rams will manage to win this game. I do think the 49ers 
will probably sneak in on that cover because this is still a really good football team. One big difference is that the Rams are making sure they at least have more of a home field advantage because they've locked the tickets out for a while. They opened it up yesterday to San Fran fans, I believe, too. So it's not a total communist move there trying to keep everybody else out, but I understand wanting a little bit of a home field advantage for the NFC Championship game, so I can't blame them there. But I think this is going to be a hell of a game. Things to watch injury-wise. Debo, he's coming off the injury report. He's got a banged-up knee. Jimmy G, you have to keep watching his thumb because he has not looked the same. And Trent Williams, he got an MRI on his ankle. It was negative, but I was watching a snippet from one of the Pat McAfee shows with Rappaport on there, and he said... It was from directly from Shannon. He said it was a negative MRI, but a few old things in there, which is a little concerning considering that sounds like a major injury that they're hiding and he can just kind of play through. Kind of Washington-esque. Maybe not a tumor in his ankle, but a little concerning down the road. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tyler, what you got? Uh... Similar to Mitch, I've got the Rams winning this game. Um, I do have Rams Chiefs Super Bowl matchup, um, so I'd love to see that happen. Um, but I have 34-31 Rams with the dub, so I do think that this game is going to go over. Um, but I do think that the Rams will win, but I, I'm trying to thread the needle, you know, where I think the Rams will win, but I think it's only going to be by a field goal. So I think the 49ers cover, if you can get that half, I think that half is going to be huge because I do think that this ends up coming down to a field goal. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm taking 49ers on the spread, but I'm also taking Rams on the money line. I really want to go 49ers. Which means it's going to be a blowout because yeah. we're all taking we're, – we're all saying it's going to be a field goal. Yeah, it's going to be a 20-point game. Watch. Yeah. But you know what? To fuck up the clean sweep, I'll go Rams on the spread and the money line. I really think that Matt – Yeah, I thought you were going to go 49ers on both. No, fuck no. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to give anybody bad juju from the clean sweep, you know, if you do if you do decide to take the spread. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm going to take Rams on the spread in the money line. McVay is tired of losing this dude, Shanahan. I really think this whole team is going to be lit up. Uh, I mentioned it last week. Matthew Stafford, after that first playoff win, had the most confidence he ever had in his career. And beating Tom Brady in the last minute on a 44-yard bomb to Cooper Cup, racking up over 350 yards passing, I believe. Yeah, now he's definitely the most confident he's ever been in his career. So I think he's going to come out firing, and I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to stop the force that Matt Stafford is. So I got, yeah. a, I got, a, I got a crazy stat for you guys real quick. In Dude. their two games this year, Aaron Donald has 50 rushes, and zero sacks against the 49ers. Wow. Hmm? He's going to look to change that. They have the man to stop him. And He's going to look to change we will see One thing happens. that I will mention is also, this Rams pass rush, like early on after the addition to, or with the addition of Von Miller early on, looked bad. Look, the chemistry didn't look like it was there. Uh, they didn't look exactly like they meshed well together. But now they are the best pass rush in the league. Von Miller and Aaron Donald are going to be great. a force in this game. I think they've really meshed on that side. I love this rush. 
Um, people really underestimate Leonard Floyd. I know he's not directly on yeah. the line, but I think he's been playing great recently. So, yeah. I'm pretty this, sure Rapp and Whitworth are both back this week as well. Hmm. Whitworth has been putting in limited practices after missing and, last week, so I think he's... And I thought set. Rapp was cleared from concussion, or, or was he not? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's been limited, okay. but eh. that's iffy with concussions. Which means, which means they won't sign, have to no? play Eric Weddle. <laughs> did you see the uh, post-game interaction? He's just going to lay bodies after the play's over. I did. I did. He was like, he's like, why'd you have to come back on us like that? Yeah. And he was like, I bet <laughs> I you that was shit. yeah for real um but the other thing to keep in mind is not only are you know mcveigh is mcveigh tired of losing but like they had that game won they choked that game away to the 49ers and and allowed them to come back in that game and it wasn't necessarily a must win for the rams i'm sure they might have been doing a little scoreboard watching and saw that the seahawks were beating the cardinals so they were like all right we're gonna get the division and I think that that might have affected that game. So I think that they're going to come out hungry with a vengeance. And uh, that's uh, that's why I think the Rams will, will end up pulling this one out. I also think that a big factor in that last game was Debo on the ground. And I think they'll be able to silence that. Maybe not silence it, but he definitely will not be as effective on the ground this game. They'll be able to take the game. Because in their previous meeting, Debo... you got to imagine they scheme for yeah. it better. Um, but in the previous meeting earlier in the year, Debo wasn't a huge factor on the ground, so the Rams didn't really expect that. Um, and then he rolled all over him. But they'll have a game plan for it this time around. So yeah, I'm going Rams all the way. All right, any player props that we like, boys? Tyler. Yeah, I got four. Ben? Um, number one, I have Kyle Uzcheck over one and a half receptions. <laughs> I think that he's going <laughs> to have to play a vital role because there's going to be some quick passes from Jimmy G to avoid that pass rush. So I think that opens and, – and you would have to imagine the Rams are going to be, uh, you know, keened in on um, Kittle and Debo. So I think that that leaves uh, use check open for, you know, one or two dump downs in, in the game um, at least. The other thing, OBJ over four and a half catches at plus 120. You know the 49ers are – going to do what they got to do to shut down cooper cup give me cooper cup i don't care if it's minus 150 minus 160 i'll take cooper cup on the anytime touchdown good stuff mitchell you got any player props you're digging uh, well i like odell's fantasy one at, right at 12 but i also like brandon Ayuk at four catches because i got to imagine if Debo samuel is out wide at all jalen ramsey is not going to leave him and I don't trust anybody in that secondary to guard even the likes of Ayuk. They're shot. They're okay. They get the job done, but I don't think anybody can hold him in check. So you're taking Ayuk over Jawan Jennings? Mm. Yeah. Jennings was, I feel like he got a little weighted because of that massive touchdown he got from Debo earlier. And now they know he's there. <laughs> they know he's not just a blocking wide receiver for them now. That's fair. They definitely have. Well, didn't he have a big game? In he had a few big catches. I'm, in that pretty, game. I'm pretty sure that Rams final regular season. Yeah, he had two. He, yeah, he was good against them. He had six catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. They know he's there. I know. <laughs> but now you got Brandon Ayuk. I like the over on Brandon Ayuk too. Um, I took it when he had zero receiving. I do kind of like. I the... took the over on his receiving yards at 50, and then he had zero, 
Uh, but that's just my luck with Brandon Ayuk. Anytime I started him in fantasy, he absolutely shit the bed. Um, but yeah, I like the over on Ayuk too. I'm not gonna take it personally because it would fuck everybody. But yeah, I like the overs on Brandon Ayuk too. Um, but my player props I want to throw out to you guys. I like the Jimmy G over on interceptions. It's sitting at a half right now. Um, this Rams secondary, it's impressive. Um, not really super impressive outside Jalen Ramsey, but it is Jimmy G we're talking about. Yeah, Jimmy. He's bound for at least one overthrow or, or throw behind a game, at least. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he probably could have had, what, four interceptions, five interceptions in that Packers I game? I think there was a time when people Should were arguing lot, yeah. with me about Jimmy G doesn't make the big mistakes. <laughs> mm. I feel like Tyler was on that. But I don't think – okay. They have not cost here's, here's, here's the thing with Jimmy G is I don't think he makes the big mistakes in the big moments. Like – He'll 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 make the mistakes, but they'll be in the first, second, maybe third quarter. But the end of the third and the fourth quarter is when he doesn't because he he goes to his checkdowns, he he goes to his safe routes, he doesn't take as many chances when the game's on the line. Yeah, now that you said that, he's gonna throw an interception in the fourth quarter, a hundred percent. But oh, a hundred percent, absolutely. Uh, some of the that's how if they're down, they might have to. Uh, some of the other uh, other that too. props that I like this week or for this game. I like the Odell over on catches. He's sitting at four right now. Um, I think Matt Stafford's going to be throwing all over the place in this game. So, yeah, give me four catches on Odell. I mean, they've been feeding him lately. Um, and he only gets more chemistry. What is it at four? Hmm? Like, what are, the, what are the odds at four for four catches? Uh, this is just yeah, prize picks. Just based off prize. Does it show what is? It doesn't show what the odds are yeah. because I saw over four and a half at plus one twenty. So I'd imagine four is probably like minus one ten, minus one twenty, something like that. So if you don't want to get screwed by that half, yeah, I think that if you can get it at four, that'd be the the smarter option yeah, for sure. But I like they get him more and more involved every week. We saw it last week. So yeah, give me the over on Odell catches and give me the over on Cam Akers fantasy points. I think Matt Stafford's going to be throwing a lot in this game, but I think it's time that Cam Akers had his breakout. I think he's bound for a touchdown. What is it? Um, it's 13 fantasy points. He was 13 on yeah. price picks. So I've got the over. And that's one point PPR? Yeah, it's one point PPR for that. Yeah, I mean, you need a touchdown almost. Yeah, I I can lock it in. I uh, almost yeah. lock it in for a Cam Akers touchdown. I like him this game. I think he's bound for a breakout. Uh, he he's looked great in the games that he's played so far, but he hasn't had that breakout game. Uh, I think there's potential for a Cam Akers breakout game here, at least 13 fantasy points. So yeah, give me that. And they're not going to expect it because all of the meetings that they've had, Cam Akers has not been playing. So you've got that new factor coming <laughs> in. You don't have a game plan for him. So yeah, I like Cam Akers on the over at 13 fantasy points. All right, boys. Kittle could be a sneaky breakout for like daily fantasy, but that's only if you're doing daily yeah. fantasy. No, good call though. Good call. I wouldn't be betting on receptions or yards because they boost his stuff through the roof. That's <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I think that just about does it for our AFC NFC Championship preview and breaking down some of the head coaching stuff going around the league right now and some of the other news. But, yeah, it's been good stuff. All right. So, for me, Tyler North, Mitchell McDonald, and I didn't say my name. My name's Kane Schwartz, in case all of you didn't know. 
Uh, for all of us over here at the Blitz Pod, <laughs> we are signing off. Uh, enjoy this weekend because we're not really going to get that much football left. So really take it in. Enjoy it. Three games. Yeah, man. Three. Three games. Four games if you want to count the Pro Bowl, but yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that up for debate. But yeah. Blitz Podcast signing off. We will catch you next week after Championship Sunday. Peace.